I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Transformational Thursday, sisters, and today we are talking about compassion and presence. So I'm going to be pulling from a lot of different tools for today's episode. So uh, make sure to check out the show notes so you can access all of the links that I will be pointing you to. So I wanted to talk about compassion and presence today because when we talk about being brave, um, we first have to know when we are stuck in self-doubt. And generally, self-doubt has this um, this tone or this flavor of self-criticism, or that's what I have experienced anyway. And so the, for, for us to be brave, we first need to know or be aware of when that self-doubt is present. And we cannot be aware of that until we actually practice presence. So presence is very similar to mindfulness. Um, you know, let's just call them the same thing of being really aware, self-aware of our inner self-talk. And I remember when I was first, well, let me just start at the beginning. I'm a very anxious person and I feel like I'm, I was just hardwired from the get-go to be very future-oriented, to always worry about the what-ifs. Um, I'm a big planner and so planning, you know, there's a lot of different components that go into that and I can spin myself up really quickly. So when I first started practicing mindfulness, it was I think the year after I lost a really good friend and I just felt like really consumed with anger. And I picked up a book by Thich Nhat Hanh that was called The Art of Power. And I'm not sure, you know, we pick up books for many reasons. And I always trust that I am guided to a book because there's something inside of it that I am ready to learn or hear. So this was such the case with The Art of Power. And I was really curious about going through some of the exercises in that because it really started to teach me how to be more mindful. And I remember when I started this journey, it was like the most frustrating thing in the world (laughs) because when you start to slow down and when you start to try and like quiet your mind, you realize like how far away you are from being able to do that. And for me, you know, being a type A, I am very like, I'm kind of competitive. I like to be able to do things really well. And so when I come up with something that I don't do well, it has the tendency to increase my anger. So it was just, it was funny and humorous. Um, And I think uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer talks about something like this. And I'll see if I can pull from, oh man, I don't know if I'll be able to find that, but he talks about the same thing. It's like, (laughs) it's funny when we're starting to work on something, we're presented with that same something. So we have it to continue to work on. And this is what anger was for me. So when I picked up the art of power, I really wanted to find a way to gain power over my anger. But in so doing, I experienced this, this, (laughs) total increase of my anger because I couldn't get control of my anger. (laughs) So it's like this negative feedback loop. And I'm sure if you have ever practiced mindfulness and you're a naturally anxious person, you're a worrier, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's frustrating. So when it comes to practicing bravery, 
we have to be mindful of speaking to ourselves in a compassionate voice. And we cannot do this unless we have the awareness there first. So we have to start with mindfulness and presence before we start talking about compassion. Okay. So I wanted to read a little excerpt. It's really, really short. It's just a sentence from the art of power by Thich Nhat Hanh, because I think that when we're talking about joy and we're talking about happiness, compassion is a big piece. So not only are we going to use compassion as a tool to increase our bravery and our courage, but we're also going to use it to increase our joy. So he says, people who lack compassion, love, and forgiveness suffer a lot. And I, I know this to be true because when I am working with my clients and even when I am working on myself, when compassion is absent, when love is absent, when forgiveness, oh man, when forgiveness is absent, it does create a lot of suffering for us. So he says, when you can forgive, when you can accept, when you feel light, you can relate to other living beings. Without compassion, you are utterly alone. That is why compassion is the ground of happiness. So I love that he talks about without compassion, you are utterly alone. Compassion is the foundation for empathy and connection, right? But it's also the compassion, I mean, the foundation for us to be happy. So, and I would even extend that even further, that compassion is part of us living more bravely because there's this level of acceptance there. And it is a completely rebellious act to accept yourself the way you are in our culture. So just some food for thought, okay? So when we're talking about <clears throat> starting to create change here, we have to practice mindfulness. When I was in undergrad, I took this course. It was called States of Consciousness, and my teacher was so cool. She was like 70-year-old lady, like beautiful gray hair, and you could tell like she had just lived a lot of cool experiences. Like she'd been to Woodstock. She'd done a lot of drugs. She's like, she's like a rock and roll kind of chick, and I just I loved her because she just kept it real. And she had uh, this assignment for us one day. We were really practicing like exploring the different states of consciousness that we have. And so she really wanted us to start practicing mindfulness. And so she had us go out into nature. And all she wanted us to do was to journal about the sounds that we heard. She asked us to close our eyes and to just focus on the sounds and to just journal about that. So I remember I was, uh, I was down in Charleston and I went out to Francis Marion Park, which is like right in the center of downtown. It's a beautiful sunny day. There was a slight breeze. This is the springtime. And I laid out a towel and I laid down in the grass and I closed my eyes. And what I started to notice is I, I could hear the sounds of birds I could hear the sound of the wind blowing through the leaves of the trees. I could hear the cars going by. I could hear the clicking of heels as people were walking the sidewalks. I could hear people talking and laughing. And just this exercise of closing my eyes, of closing off one sense and heightening another, I started to become more mindful of all of the sounds that were around me. So if you're new to mindfulness, I think that this is a really great um, experience for you to have. It's a great activity. It's super easy to do. You could do it anywhere. And simply focus on one of your senses and bringing your full attention to that. So when we bring our full attention to something, this is the act of presence. 
bringing our full attention to a sense, okay? And so if you can practice with what you're hearing, you can just as easily practice to what you're hearing inside your mind. So that's why I think that this exercise is so powerful because if we can start to tune in to the noises outside of ourselves, we can take the same skill and apply it to hearing the sounds inside of ourselves, our self-talk. And our self-talk is necessary for us to start practicing more compassion, okay? So if you have read The Gifts of Imperfection, you know that Brene Brown talks about um, Kristen Neff, who is, all she studies is self-compassion. And so her website is selfcompassion.org. And I was on her website the other day for a client um, where we're working on more self-compassion. And she has all of these great practices. So um, if you go to her website and go to practices, there's some self-compassion exercises. And there's like, let's see, there's eight of them. And they're so easy. That's what I love. Like we tend to make this stuff so complicated. <laughs> we've, we've, I think that we all believe like things have got to be this difficult because we just can't figure them out. But it's oftentimes the simplest thing. And it's like, and then we have like this resistance to it being simple. I don't know if y'all experience that. I do. Cause I'm like, it can't be that simple. It can't be. <laughs> but if you really dive in and just give it a shot, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so transformative. So the one that I want to talk about today is it's exercise number two and it's called the self-compassion break. Okay. So all it is, is it's just three steps. So what she says is I want you to think of a situation in your life that is difficult, that is causing you stress. And I want you to call the situation to mind and see if you can actually feel the stress and emotional discomfort in your body. Okay. And so this situation could be anything for you. It could be uh, a disagreement with a friend. Maybe you are on the opposite page with your spouse or partner. Maybe you have um, this vision for the next stage of your business and you're not sure how you're going to get there. Maybe you are unfulfilled in your job and you're not sure what the next right action is to take. Um, maybe you're going through a physical illness and this is causing a, a lot of stress for you. Or maybe you're going through financial hardship right now. Whatever that is. So you want to call this thing to mind, okay? The first thing she says to do is to say, this is a moment of suffering. Why is this so important? Because I think oftentimes we don't actually call this stress what it is. It is suffering. And she says, that's mindfulness of actually being aware that you are hurting, right? And so she says, this hurts. Ouch. This is stress. This is how we start to be build that awareness that we're going through something that doesn't feel good, okay? The second thing she says to do is to say suffering is a part of life. This is common humanity. Because what suffering often tells us is that we're the only person that goes through this. And I can guarantee you, like I, I'm really interested in this whole social media phenomenon thing, the whole comparison, like we compare our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel, like this is so becoming so common. And it's creating a lot of sadness for people and self-judgment and criticism and not feeling enough. And what happens when those voices stir up is that we, it tells us that we're the only person in the world that feels this way. And so it's isolating. And that's what shame does. It tells us that something's wrong with us because we're feeling like this and nobody else feels this way. 
and we become more lonelier and more judgmental because of it, okay? So the second part I think is really important. So when she's talking about acknowledging that suffering is a part of life, other ways of saying this are other people feel this way. I'm not alone. We all struggle. So it's starting to tap into the connection between you and all human beings. You're not the only one that feels this way. You're not the only one that is struggling. And whatever hardship you're going through, I bet people who are going through a similar thing would feel pretty similar to you, okay? So what it's doing is it's telling you, hey, you're not alone here. Suffering's a part of life. Nothing's wrong with you because you're suffering. So it starts to take the judgment off that self-criticism. So now we can start clearing the way for more compassion, okay? She says, put your hands over your heart. Feel the warmth of your hands and the gentle touch of your hands on your chest. Or adopt whatever soothing touch you discover feels right for you. And say to yourself, may I be kind to myself. You can also ask, what do I need to hear right now to express kindness to myself? Is there a phrase that speaks to you in this particular situation? Like, may I give myself the compassion that I need? May I learn to accept myself as I am? May I forgive myself? May I be strong? May I be patient? So using gentle words, being gentle with your suffering, um, giving yourself kindness, saying it's okay to feel this way. It's okay. I'm not alone in feeling this way. This is a normal response to stress, but I don't have to judge it. I don't have to judge it. May I learn to accept myself as I am? May I forgive myself? May I be strong? May I be patient? And so in, the, in so doing, we're starting to build in more compassionate self-talk, a lot more permission. I find that permission and compassion kind of go hand in hand. They're like sisters, right? So when we're talking about being brave, let's bring this full circle here. We first have to be mindful when we're not being brave, which is usually pretty easy because we're usually getting down on ourselves and we're like, you're not doing what you should be doing. You're hiding out. You're playing small. Look at you. Can't believe that you're letting fear win or whatever your self-talk is, right? So the next part to increase your bravery is to also increase your self-compassion. Self-compassion is the foundation for courage. So one of these exercises, and there's plenty, is to just be aware that you're suffering. And realize you're not alone feeling this. And then giving yourself some compassion and, and sympathy, some empathy for what you're feeling. Okay? This lets the emotion move out a whole lot quickly, quicker. And you can get back to being brave. So I want to kind of end by reading this, this quote again by Thich Nhat Hanh and The Art of Power. He says, people who lack compassion, love, and forgiveness suffer a lot. When you can forgive, when you can accept, you feel light. You can relate to other living beings. Without compassion, you are utterly alone. That is why compassion is the ground of happiness. So when the self-criticism creeps up, I can guarantee you you're going to start to feel lonely because that's what criticism tells you. That's what self-judgment tells you. That's what shame tells you. That you're the only one that feels this way. Something's wrong with you. So the quickest way out of that is to remember you're not alone. So if you take anything out of today's episode, maybe just take that nugget 
Whenever you're feeling down on yourself, remind yourself that you're not alone. And that might be the first step to more compassion and then to more courage. So I will see you guys for another Motivational Monday. We'll be sharing a brand new mantra. And don't forget, uh, next Saturday, I think is the 15th, we're going to be starting that 30 days with Love Warrior, where we're going to be diving into a lot of exercises. Self-compassion is definitely one of them. Um, it's totally free. We're going to be sharing some, some insights and doing some personal journaling around a lot of the powerful concepts that Glennon Doyle Melton brings up in her memoir. This book is phenomenal. If you read it, you totally know what I'm talking about. If you have not, you need to get your hands on it. We're going to dive in together. So there will be information there in the show notes. And don't forget to check out all of the links. I'm going to Put a link to Kristen Neff's site, which is selfcompassion.org, and then I'll also link to Thich Nhat Hanh's book, The Art of Power. So I'll see you guys Monday. Have an awesome weekend. Bye.